Trading Nut, episode 23. A trend will keep on going further than you can possibly imagine. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got a trader by the name of Louise Bedford on the show. Now, Louise is from Australia. It's the first first Australian trader we've had on the show in ages. I cannot even remember the last time we had an Australian trader on here. So guys, if you if you know some good Aussie traders out there, send them my way and we'll get them on the show. And in fact, we actually talk about my very first trading mentor, he, who she actually knew um, when when I first started learning to trade. This was the guy that I was, I was following. So we talk about that in the show as well. So that's coming up in just a second. Now, uh, I also wanted to just say thanks to a future guest who actually gave me some advice. So I'm on this, I've mentioned it a couple of times, I'm on this fasting thing where I don't eat breakfast or lunch and then I just have some dinner and, and then you don't eat again and you sort of get yourself into the state where after a certain number of hours your body starts essentially sort of healing itself. Now I've got to the point where it's it's fairly easy to do. Uh, I did it on Monday, didn't do it Tuesday because I had football and then did it again on um, Wednesday. Now one of the pain in the butts is the fact that and especially with uh, like all this audio stuff that I'm doing is that I get this really croaky voice because I've got nothing, no food going in my in my mouth down my throat. So I want to say thanks to my guest who's coming up on the show and I won't spoil it for you who gave me two bits of advice and if you guys are doing this, here's some advice for you as well. Don't drink hot drinks, drink cold drinks and the colder the better. Uh, and then last but not least, and I think this is the this is the key one, I haven't tried that one, but I am trying the cold water at the moment, and it seems to be working, uh, The use aloe vera juice, and don't use the dark juice, use the, the lighter juice, whatever that is, um, I'd have to go and have a look in the shops, mix it with some water, and drink that as well. So this seems to be working because I haven't had any food yesterday, the day before that, the day before that, my voice was as croaky as can be. And the reason it was really annoying me was because I'm recording my uh, new course on building trading robots, okay? And I'll tell you what, I'm absolutely loving this course. Uh, I've I've basically spent the last probably three to four weeks putting it together. I've spent the last two years thinking about how to actually construct this. And I think that the way that I've constructed it is really nice for uh, people who've just got completely no idea about you know, how they would even start building a trading robot. I share all my secrets on how I do it, and at the end of it, basically give you something, give you a template that you can walk away with, which gives you 90% of what you need in any robotic strategy. So anyway, guys, if you do want to actually uh, jump on board this, because I will be launching it soon, flick me an email and... If you do it before the launch, I'll give you some special discount to get on get on board. There is actually an existing course there already that you can take. So you're going to get the existing course, and uh, and that's a full and complete course. But then you're going to get the new course, which which is like head and shoulders above the the old course. So if you're keen, flick us an email, and I'll and I'll get you in there. Um, or you can just wait till I launch it, which will be in a, in a few weeks' time. And look, one of the things I'm sort of thinking about is maybe doing a a webinar on um on robots and sharing a lot of stuff so i i, I went and played uh played and did some football training this week which i haven't done in ages i actually trained with the first and second team for my club which you know i'm nowhere near that level at the moment i'm like you know i'm too old for that it was all these sort of 20 year old guys and and i'm 43 so I went along anyway, and these guys that were on this trip that I went away with um, a couple of weeks ago, which I mentioned, they were there, and the, the guy who was into into trading was there, and so he started asking me about these robots again, and um, and it just got me thinking that, like, listening to him and where he was and, and his level of knowledge, there needs to be some 
solid education out there around just giving people the grassroots thing like here is everything you need to know just to get started in trading with robots at a 101 level. So I'm thinking about doing some webinars which share the knowledge and insights that I know and I and I can it can help you just I suppose either weed out a lot a lot of rubbish um, that's on the internet or at least give you guys a, a foot footstep into sort of uh, into into like thinking about you know using robots and or joining the the robot traders club that I run or, or anything like that. So guys, thinking about doing that, so keep an eye out for that as well. Um, without further ado, I think we're going to get on with the show. I just want to let you know first that we've got some fantastic guests coming up. I've managed to book them. If you guys have got ideas for guests, then let me know. Uh, I'd, be, I'd love to have them on the show. Okay, all right, let's go. Let's hear from Louise. All right, guys, uh, I've got Louise Bedford on the show here today from... Uh, tr- the trading game, and Louise is a best-selling author. Uh, trading secrets, charting secrets, uh, let the trade winds flow. Uh, a whole bunch of candlesticks uh, stuff here as well, Louise. Um, and the list goes on. So you're from you're from Melbourne, Australia. You've been around uh, the while a while. Um, do you want to give us a, a, the guys a, a bit of an introduction as to who you are and, and your background and how you got into this gig? Yeah, sure can. Um, I've been trading since 1990, so it's quite a while now. And when I first started trading, I just looked at it as, as being a potential extra income. You know, the idea where my husband-to-be at that stage, he was working a job, I was working a job, and I just wanted trading to be like a third person in our family. So there'd be three of us working for two people. I thought it was a great idea. So I tried and tried to make this work. I had so much trouble in the beginning. It actually took me three years to break even. So I definitely wasn't one of those people that was like a duck to water type of person with trading. But after five years, unfortunately, I had to leave my job. I was retrenched. But the good news is I've never had to go back to work again so i've been trading full-time ever since which has been lovely cam wow fantastic i mean it's it's funny so so you was that all on the australian stock market or was it other instruments yeah to begin with it was so i traded australian shares just because i was familiar with the names and you know i made some ridiculous decisions like i bought sausage software because what a cute name you know so (laughs) we all have to start somewhere but when i got retrenched from my job it was actually because i had a health situation i'd lost the use of my arm so it started out just as a little twinge in one finger and it within a couple of weeks it had traveled all up one arm and down the other so I couldn't move my hands and my arms at all and because of that I was very restricted I just thought my future has totally been eradicated with this just one puff of smoke and it was really upsetting you know I was only in my 20s at the time and I said to my broker because I did have a human broker back then I said to my broker that's it I'll never be able to work again I have to make this work my back's to the wall I can do this but I can't talk at the same time so you're going to have to do the maths because I used to punch the computer keyboard with a pen in my mouth because my hands wouldn't work so he was very kind and he he got really quite well versed in the mumbling speech (laughs) that I used to say okay I'm this up type of conversation (laughs) so he was very kind with that and so he did all of my position sizing for me after I yelled numbers in his ear and then we'd buy the number that came up on his calculator or sell the one that I told him to sell and then he said look I don't know that much about options but let's learn together and let's learn with your money and I went heck let's do it (laughs) (laughs) so he was uh, he was very kind because we did learn together I mean clearly it's not a good offer that is not a good offer you want somebody experienced to teach you but I didn't know that 
gosh, I had no idea. So I learned to write options and that was like a surrogate income for me. And it was fantastic. So I was writing options on the Australian share market and then eventually I incorporated some other markets as well. And it worked really well. It was um, it was such a relief, you know. I didn't have to go to the office every day. I didn't have to combat my disability I can move now it just it took a few years and and occasionally the situation that I was facing then rears its ugly head and it comes back and I'm stricken again so to me with trading I could not suggest any better future for myself and for the people listening to this podcast. You don't know when things are going to go to the crapper. Or are we allowed to say that on your podcast? Yeah, I've, how, I've how had worse, don't we? worry. <laughs> <laughs> Good, because honestly, you can be travelling along perfectly. You can be climbing the corporate ladder. Everything can be going in your favour. And then out of nowhere, you can have a situation that can strike you down. And this trading is absolutely the plan B that everybody should have in their back pocket, every single person, because without that comfort, without knowing that you can earn an income separately from your career position, I think you always have to say yes to the unreasonable demands of a boss. You can't say, no, I don't want to do that over time because you're worried about your job. It's amazing what money will do to give you those choices, Ken. Yeah, look, I mean, I think I, I've sort of, have I, I haven't stumbled on that recently, but it's it's been more, it's come to the forefront more recently that like every, it's the one thing, ironically, it's the one thing that you can actually sort of guarantee to a certain degree your, you know, money coming to, towards you as opposed to um, anything else which other people have got control over. So, for example, say so if you're in a business, it could be the economy, it could be the, um, it could be anything that that affects it. If you're working a job, then obviously there's like almost you know, zero security these days. So this mm. is like trading is one of the only things where you actually don't need to rely on anyone else other than your broker uh, to to actually you know generate finances for for you, your family, your whatever so yeah yeah. there's so much freedom in that and even when I look back to the way that I felt when I had that job every around I don't know why they did it in December but every Christmas they'd come through with a bucket load of retrenchments and they'd be you 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 don't have a job and because you can't start looking for a job until February in Australia same in New Zealand isn't it we just shut down over Christmas I used to think it was so cool and every year I used to live in fear that that would happen to me and by the time that it finally did because I had to leave you know you can't be a, a national sales manager if you can't move your arms it's awful how much we rely on our bodies in usual career positions by the time it happened to me, I took that package, a mini tiny package, and I went, that's my trading capital. Thank you. I'm adding it to the pool I've already developed, and goodbye. And I literally clicked my heels on the way out. I was so excited to leave that job, and I really hope that when people can trade effectively, that they will have that same experience because that freedom, that knowledge that your security is actually between your ears, it is nothing to do with something that is an external constraint you carry that security with you cam yeah exactly exactly it's funny that you i mean it's your story sounds similar to mine at the beginning i did actually start trading with well i was was trading the australian stock market and it was options that i that i'd learned to ah. trade from a guy i think his name was kim riley Oh, Kim Riley. Oh, yes, I've met Kim. <laughs> oh, have you? Oh, right. Yeah. I, I watched, I remember I, this guy that got me into it, who I sort of chased up, said, oh, you know, he had, he had had massive success. This guy I used to work with, but he was he worked at a vendor that I, I used. And he said, oh, look, I did all these courses, and Kim Riley was one of them. And so I, I ended up buying his course and then spending about three months, I remember watching it on my, like, I, Apple iPod um, it had a little screen and I, it was all sort of blurry and stuff. Anyway, um, studied all the material <laughs> in there and then finally got around to placing my first trade after opening a brokerage account, which was just a nightmare. took me three months to open the account and then um, placed the first trade, lost it after freaking out and that was it. I was like, oh, I'm going I'm to take a break now. 
and I ended up yeah. heading heading into the forex market because I didn't have to risk so much capital with um, when it was options. Also, you've met Kim, um, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I, because I've been around in the environment for so long now, people keep reminding me of how long I have been around. It's so funny. I've got some of the people that I've trained, their children, and in one case, their grandchild is now training with me. So, yes, but um, still, you know, we just go on the fact that we never age, just the people around us do. All right, let's let's uh, dive into your training these days. I mean, what what exactly uh what exactly does it look like can you give us some ideas around maybe your uh, your strategy that you're using are you are you day trading are you swing trading sure i'll give you the the overview so the Results that I've been able to achieve, the majority of them have come through trading a medium to long-term system. So unfortunately with trading, it's not one of those things where you can say, hey, you know, 70% of the trades that I put on are winners. And if you hear somebody saying, oh, you know, I've got a 99% hit rate, you just know that that's actually not strictly accurate. That might be the case with backtesting. But it is certainly not the case with real life trading. So what we do as traders is we just hang on in there. We follow our system to the letter. We keep on using our trading system, which is our entry, our exit, and our position sizing. And we do it again and again and again and again. We limit our losses and we hang on in there for that big outlier. And that outlier, oh my gosh, that is payday more than you could ever possibly expect. And that makes up for all of the little microaggressions on your account. You know, those little little losses when you get out at initial stop and then initial stop and it's like loss, 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 loss. There's a little win. Oh, there's a bigger win. Loss, loss, loss. Oh, there's a big win. Oh my goodness, that is a huge win. And you go, wow, look at that. And that is how trading works. And it is such a shame that you don't get, oh, you know, you're such a good girl for being involved in the markets. I'm going to give you a gold medal. It doesn't work that way. It's not primary school. We have to really shoulder the burden of so many little microaggressions to be able to hang on in there for the big payday. So that's what my trading looks like. So by trading a combination of Australian markets, US markets and options, sometimes ETFs, definitely CFDs as well, that combination, chasing where the money is around the world, making sure that my money competes for itself. So I want to get into the highest probability trades every time based on my archetypal trade. So by an archetype, what I'm saying is a chart that is perfection, absolute perfection. I want to match what I have as an archetype. Like if you look at, if you want some specifics, if you look at A2M, like the A2M Milk Company, for example, you look at Caltex, maybe Domino's Pizza. These are ones that have that beautiful archetypal look. I'm trying to find new trades that have that same look in the early days before they've run all the way, you know. So that to me is the key. I'm in the hunt. I'm in the hunt with you, with your traders as well, Ken. And it's great, you know, hunting as a pack, looking for the trend, making sure that we manage our positions with precision and just being able to be resilient to resolve all of those little knocks that we get in the market. Part of this is, well, a large part of it is mindset for sure. It's interesting uh, when you say, you know, waiting for that big, big win. I had, I listened to something or watched something just in the last week and it was from a, a guy who knows his stuff and he was saying, look, we're not, we don't care about the small losses. We, you know, they're going to happen. It's, we're waiting for that big giant trade and that's why we don't jump out of them when they happen, they happen because that's payday, which is exactly what you've said. So, <laughs> so, so it's, it's good to hear that there's like, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, correlation between, you know, other traders out there that are doing completely different things, completely different markets, but are telling yeah. the, the same story. So um, that's interesting. Now, um, with regard to uh, like the, the sort of some of the stats, I suppose, around what you do, I mean, What's your, how many trades are you placing in a, in a week or, or your students, etc.? It's quite variable. Um, certainly, 
I don't trade such a short-term system. Like I'm not in and out in the same day, so I'm not a day trader. Um, a lot of our traders do have a four-hourly system, so they're placing around about 40 trades, 60 trades maximum, I would say, per year because we see their results as well. And then the medium-term trades, they are an average hold time of, say, well, currently for me, 22 weeks. So around about that, of course, there are so many that you get out of early, but there are some that range for a very long time and you just hang on in there. So you'd probably be looking at maybe 30 trades over a 12-month period. So we're not talking massive activity because I think people confuse activity with profitability. They think they have to keep on trading, be in the market all the time. And that to me does not work. There are three market cycles. It's going up, it's going sideways, or it's going down. So to work out how to make money in those three cycles is freedom. Because if you can trade, no matter what the market is doing, no matter what conditions you are facing, you have got a blank check. You just fill it out for the amount you want. And it's long term. In terms of longevity, it is second to none because you can keep on trading any market around the world as long as you've got those core concepts of entry, exit and position sizing. And are you guys are you guys shorting and going long or is it bullish strategy yes. that you use? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay cool. So that's the, the whole thing with the three type of cycles. So let's just talk like market going up. What can you do? So you can buy shares you can buy a cfd you can buy a call option you can write a put option you can buy the appropriate bullish etf you can use cfds you can use fx it depends on which instrument you're going to actually use to capitalize on what your view is when things are going sideways it sucks so this is not our favorite type of trading but if you are in a range trading market you can write calls you can write puts around that range so that you've got calls above and puts below and then when it's going down you can short it and a lot of a lot of our traders short using cfds so they're a beautiful instrument tell you what though and this is perhaps a little counterintuitive shorting tends to make money if you don't use equities the trading systems, and we've seen so many, and the results, the trading systems that we look at, the short equities, that always seems to erode the overall profitability. We've found that the people who go for shorting equities tend to like to be in it for the entertainment, and that is death to a trader. We should be in there for the money, not for the entertainment. Yeah, it's interesting, and that's why I asked the question because I sort of like wondered – um, with equities, such an equities focus, whether or not that that was detrimental. Thanks for answering that. So, um, risk to reward ratio. What is what does that typically look like with this? You know the, what you described before. I don't know. Yeah, that's what that's what I would have thought. It would have been quite difficult to work out. I mean, what about what about? Let's just focus on the the massive the massive like trades that you have. I mean, what are what does that look like from a risk to reward? When you finally get a, a big I don't one. do that. I don't do that calculation in advance. I don't think we can know where the markets are going to and how much reward could potentially be there. You know, traders, we often talk in R. So R is like if you've got $100,000 and you're position sizing based on 1%, so you're prepared to lose $1,000 in that particular trade, for you, 1R would be $1,000. So for you, with a 1R trade, you would probably want something like 10R or more out of it for you to consider, hey, that's a really nice looking trade. You know, I did well. I put in $1,000. I got $10,000 out of it, for example. So that R consideration, that allows you to escape that risk-reward ratio. It's something that I don't think people should emphasise and it's certainly something that I suggest my traders just forget. A trend will keep on going further than you can possibly imagine and that's a quote from Jesse Livermore. Now, I think a lot of people get hooked to say, well, I think with my knowledge... I know it can't go any further. And to me, that smacks of ego. 
you have to be really careful that you're not putting your views on top of that chart because the market's going to do whatever the hell it wants. Yep, exactly, exactly. I think that quote is at the start of my show. Oh, um, is it? There you yeah, go. <laughs> the market's going to do whatever it wants. Um, <laughs> it's your job to find out. Uh, I, I can't remember what it is actually. Anyway, um, next question is, what does your typical trading day look like then? Look, with this, and it certainly is based on the fact that I've got a husband and two kids and I like to do some things for my neighbours and I fit in trading around my life, so not the other way around. Um, I've just find that because I'm running a medium-term system and occasionally run short-term systems, I actually don't find the more time I put in, the more money I get out. I'm very disciplined. On the weekend, I'll look through for my positions to see, uh, do I have space for a new position? And are there appropriate new positions that match my archetype? So on Monday, I'll pop in those trades or I might use, if I'm going to be busy in the morning, for example, I'll use a contingent order so that it purchases that position without my active intervention. I enter it into my trading system. And they're, they're really freedom tools, those contingent orders. They're amazing. And you can use them for automatic stops as well. So I probably do look at the trades as they're going through maybe once or twice a week. You know, I just get curious and see what my little babies are doing. Are they all playing nicely together? But other than that, my systems get taken out for me. If there's a trade that's hit its stop, my auto stop or a GSLO, a guaranteed stop loss order for a CFD position, that will automatically take me out of the market. So I don't have to try and breathe life into these little darlings. I can just say, oh, off you go, off to daycare. You know, you hope you will play happily in the playpen and I'll come and look at you at the end of the week. So I find for me, it's something that fits in around my life that removes stress from my life and that I can set up a lot of automatic facilities in order to take that pressure away and take out that human component. You know, I think sometimes we could have a good system, but the human who runs that system can totally foul it up. <laughs> and, and so going in once a week to, to look to place your orders or, or trades, I mean, what, what's the lowest time frame you'll go down to? Oh, look, Cam, if you're talking historically, I did this like little competition with this fellow candlesticks friend of mine. We traded two-minute charts right beside each other just for the sake of competition, yeah. which isn't healthy. No, no, because if you think of what we're doing here, the trends that occur on a two-minute chart, they, <laughs> they're very limited. <laughs> So in terms of ego, sure, that was fun. And gosh, it was great to trade against somebody who had that level of recognition in the markets as a fellow candlesticks enthusiast. But in actual fact, did that make me the money that I was looking for? No. So I'm looking to trade that medium-term trend, take that middle chunk out of that medium-term trend. You'll never get in at the bottom. You'll never get out at the top. But that middle chunk, baby, that is where the action is at. So that is mine and I claim it. Yes. And and what about uh, correlation? I mean, do you sort of look at different kinds of uh, instruments? And so, say, for example, so sectors, like would you would you say, well, if I'm going long in some, uh, some tech, tech stocks, I, I might – you know, I might limit that to maybe one or two, and then I want to have some some banks and some um, X Y Zs, etc. Or, or, or does that not really take a take a sort of no. um, play? Yeah, in look, Kim, I love the theory behind it. I like the theory of diversification because doesn't that sound sexy? You know, <laughs> oh yes, I've got a little bit here, a little bit there. It does sound great, but what I've found is that if energy is running, heck, I am damn well in there. Energy, energy, energy. Look, if banks are going, then, hey, they're, they're my darlings and I'll roll with those. And you know what I've found is that there are some macro aspects that can actually determine whether you are conservative. It's not the sector. So we can use RSC, like that's relative strength comparison, and we can compare sectors. But I'd only ever do that if 
I've got two equal opportunities that have come up on my scan. Let's just say we've got um, ABC and XYZ and they look exactly the same. They fulfill my archetype. They're both the same sort of amount of money to per unit to be able to put into that trade and I'm going, oh gosh, they're so equal. What will I do? What I'll do is I'll see which is outperforming its own sector and which sector is a hot sector. So which sector is outperforming its primary index. So ASX 200, for example, or XAO, the All Lords, that type of analysis at that very tail end, after everything else is in place, that works. But that early top-down analysis where you're trying to find the hot share in the hot sector, oh, yeah, look, it's just so much more work. I find it's easier just to find those, those ones that are moving, then look at the sector after that. Okay, cool. And and what about just, I suppose, changing sectors completely, cryptocurrencies? I mean, have you ever considered trading them? Have you ever looked at them? Have you invested in Bitcoin, that sort of thing? Oh, this is such a loaded question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know people have got a definite soft spot for cryptocurrencies. And don't let me steal your dream, because if that's the case, then you go for it. But these are unregulated markets. There are cowboys there. There is so much hype around it where people are not looking at the chart as the pure source of information. And all of this, I think, is damaging. I believe that our job is to stay in it for the very long term as traders, not for that trend, but as traders, I want to be doing this when I'm 98, like one of the guys that I trained, beautiful Ted. He was 98 by the time he finally passed away. He had been a full-time trader for the past 12 years of his life, the very final years, and he was a superstar. And I can tell you why he was. That life experience that has taught him so much. You look at the Tulip crisis, you look at Poseidon, you look at the NASDAQ, all of these big booms, they do end in a bust. Roughly, the angle of the incline will match the angle of the decline. So those very pointy type of positions, they're the ones where they can totally skip over your stop if you don't have a GSLO. And with crypto, we're finding that now. This is not something where I'm condoning any actions where people have left their job to start a cryptocurrency firm and they've got half an hour knowledge about the markets. This is something that is a very unregulated market. So if you're looking for a strategy around crypto, definitely apply those same technical analysis concepts to that market. But remember, risk management is going to be the key here. So when we're looking at somebody's amount of money that they've got to trade, you can have, say, 10% set aside for high-risk trading. So that's $10,000 out of $100,000. Now, out of that $10,000 for high-risk trading, that would cover things like bought options because your percentage chances are very low of getting it right. It could cover crypto if you really, really insist. It could cover things that are underneath the top 300, so 301 onwards in terms of market capitalization in the Australian market, things that have low liquidity, things that perhaps you are kind of having a bit of a swing on, you know, let's swing for that, that, hey, it may not come out the way you were hoping. Crypto is in that category for me. So no, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> and I know you haven't you haven't prepped for this question because I didn't give it to you beforehand, but Bitcoin's currently at 3,500. It was at 20K uh, just over a year ago. Was it just over a year ago? Yeah, uh, what do you, where do you have? You got any predictions on where you think it is? It going to go down further? Do you think, or is it going to go up? You know, it's interesting that you use that word prediction. I do feel that this is an overused word in the markets. We can't predict where a situation is going. We really can't. All that we can do is back based on the evidence that we have gathered a high probability position. So if your trading system says that, hey, in general terms, this is how I define an uptrend and that constitutes an uptrend, go for it. Back your view. If you think it's going up, 
then you buy it. If you think it's going down, then you sell it and you keep your position sizes small. And they are the three huge tenets of trading effectively. So, no, I can't say that I'm ever going to predict on anything, Cam. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. There's a lot of a lot of guys out there that just – because I did predictions before on the show and um, – a lot of guy, a lot of the traders are actually like, well, I can't predict anything. I, I literally can't, so I can't give you anything. So anyway, next question is really more about how you uh, how you're different from everyone else out there who's who's tr- struggling to make it in this uh, in this industry as a trader. I mean, what traits do you think you had that made you different, and what action slash education did you take to get you to the point where you are now? Mm, mm. Isn't that interesting? Because I think if we can define that perfect trader, hopefully we can use that as a model and move towards that type of set of characteristics. I, I do agree with that in principle, but I can tell you one of the things that I hope your listeners can't replicate is I was terrified, Ken. I was so scared. I was in my 20s. I never thought I'd be able to work again. My back was to the wall and honestly, I was having that kind of raised heart rate sweaty feel that you get when you're under physical pressure on a day-to-day basis. It was like I was living with my own axe murderer in the corner. You know, occasionally I'd notice that axe murderer and go, oh my God, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to afford a good life. I probably won't be able to have children. I'm going to be living under a bridge in Richmond in a cardboard box. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's really not a sound place to continue your trading career from. But I can tell you what it did is it made me learn my rules with astounding clarity. It gave me that idea that I need to look at my results and modify my behaviour. It made me very introspective and in a way a little bit of a recluse in order to say, okay, what's good for me? What's going to suit me? What can I learn from what I have done? So I always like traders who can look back and say, this is what worked and this is what didn't, and I'm going to chase that money. So that level of introspection, that's not natural. That's not, that's not a natural trait for me, for goodness sake. That's just so against who I actually am that I think because of my health situation, that actually brought that out. I had so much time on my hands between physiotherapy visits and between going to the hydrotherapy pool that really I had to look inside So I would urge everybody to look at their own trading results. Look at what they've done well. Look at what they would do differently in the future and to have a very frank discussion with themselves. So one of the things that should revolve around is do you have that perfect trade? What does that perfect trade look like, that archetype? And when you look at your results, how many are actually that perfect trade look alike what's an identical twin of that perfect trade in your current portfolio because i find that people don't trade their system i don't know what the hell happens but they don't look for that perfect trade or if they're entering positions it's on a whim and that's no good so develop introspection look at your results look at your perfect trade and compare the ones that you've already taken to that perfect trade Listen to the lessons. And so, so when you were going through, so that's is that the process you took when you were trying to learn how you're going to construct your strategy? Definitely, and that's what my book Trading Secrets is based on. It's based on the things that I did wrong, <laughs> so that hopefully others don't have to continue to duplicate my errors. Okay, so so if um, the listeners out there they're working a day job. Uh, what steps would you recommend they start to take to become pro- profitable in this uh, industry, either as a stock trader or, or any other instrument? The first step has to be education. You need to educate yourself because if you're trying to learn from scratch, you are going to run out of money before you've conquered this thing. And that's the harsh truth. This is a three to five year plan. This is not a get rich quick program you need to read good books like trading secrets charting secrets the art of trading you need to educate yourself so that you're getting input 
through podcasts like this podcast. I mean, what an amazing opportunity for people to learn from, Ken. And it's free. Some of these things, especially when you're starting, they don't have to be expensive. Listen to my podcast, talkingtrading.com.au. On Talking Trading, we have a very similar idea to you, Ken, where we want to give from our hearts to help people achieve. So listen, read and internalise, then practice. Practice on those charts. Identify where you would enter, where you would exit, how you would position size. Get that core trading plan together. And by registering actually on my website, Trading Game com.au i will give you a free trading plan template i designed it to help people write their trading plan and that is where you should start cool nice now if you had to split your trading up into technical versus fundamental i mean what does that split look like a hundred percent technical right and so so if you had to so these guys are going off they're getting their education they're like you know listening to podcasts and and they're getting some free advice and information and they're now to the point where they're going right okay i'm looking at the price chart what three things would you recommend they start educating themselves on so if you've got a price chart in front of you first of all put it onto candlestick charts all right you want to see green which means it's going up and red, which means it's going down. So if I'm teaching somebody to look at a chart first, don't look at the name. You know, that can be very distracting. Look at the colour first. Are there more red than green? Because if there are more red than green, it means money's bleeding out of that particular position. People are hating that position. If you could hear, if you could actually convert that chart to a sound file and more candles are red, than green it would be like oh my god i hate this i've got to dump it now i'm terrified it's going to go down so low i have just lost our entire holiday on this particular share that's what that chart is saying (laughs) and the green if there are longer green than red and there are more green than red you're hearing woohoo i'm doing so well i'm so clever i can do this i have got this nailed i'm going to be able to buy so so much of this i can do whatever i want i can quit my job in just a couple of years i am so excited about life okay so listen listen to the chart look at the color of the chart and get your head around some basic indicators things like a moving average you know looking at the volume and even put a moving average over the volume Try and listen to what that chart is telling you in terms of greed and in terms of fear, and that will take you a very long way. I've got to say, out of all the interviews I've done, which is well over 150, I've never had that description (laughs) of reading a price chart, which I think is fantastic. I think it's brilliant, guys. It actually, and I, I can, I know exactly what you're trying to say in terms of that is how people need to see price movement it's it's the people behind the price not the not the actual uh, mechanical candlesticks that sit there in front of you so we're going to dive into the quickfire rounds there's uh, about 12 questions here maybe less um mm-hmm. to uh, to find to just to summarize everything and, and find out a few other little tips that might help these guys out there find success in the markets so first question is how long did it take you to go from trading newbie to consistently profitable Mm, five years. Oh, am I discouraging everybody? No, that's um, that's two years less than I think the average for the show. So <laughs> you're on the winning side. Uh, what's your mental approach to trading, and do you have any special techniques you can share with us? Be mentally strong and keep reading, even books that are not related to the market. Like I've just read Atomic Habits by James Clear. Fantastic. Basically talking about the importance of compound, compounding your habits, compounding your money. I love it. What's your favorite entry setup? A sideways progression with a clear green candle on heavy relative volume, breaking past a line of resistance. What strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades? I look at average true range and I use a multiple of average true range to get me out of that position. But then also, if I'm not well, I also have a panic stop. 
So during times where I need to focus on my own body because I still have some some issues going on there, I do exit from the markets because I find I can't think clearly. What's your recommended recommended trading book or books? Do you know, I'm, I would, my immediate thought was Trading Secrets, which is my book, but let's not go there. Let's go to The Art of Trading by Chris Tate. What's, uh, sorry, if there was one thing he would recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be, why, and how could they go about mastering it? Discipline. Get up an hour earlier. Well, that's a good one. That is good. That is very good. I like that. Um, what's your preferred broker and trading platform? I like CMC, and I've got a link on my website where you can download a demo. Um, there are some other really great trading platforms as well. ETrade's changed its name to ANZ Share Trading, and look, it's growing on me. I, I don't adapt to changes in technology well, but I still love that platform. Oh, my gosh. It's fantastic. What's the worst trade you've ever had? My biggest profit, it went right to my head. Oh, really? Yeah, it uh, sucked. <laughs> if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Keep listening to this podcast. There's gold, absolute gold here. That's, uh, that's really good advice. Take that on board, guys. Subscribe to it as well if you haven't already. You're just listening for the first time. Um, right, so we'd like you to give us the bones of a full trading strategy, the entry setup, stop loss, take profit targets, market time frame, basically something that our listeners can have a bit of a play with at home this week. Mm. Look, I know that's your question, but I'm going to deviate from it because that's too big a question. So I'm going to give you one thing that I'll bet your listeners have not considered. So I'm, I'm hijacking you here, Cam. That's all um, right. That's all right. I asked the question <laughs> in the hope that we can get something special. But look, you know, we'll take what we can. <laughs> That's it. So here, here is something very, very special. For those of you that love candlestick charting, those little red and green darlings on the chart, you really need to look at the overall trend first. Now, here's my little secret, and this is a winner, and it's something that isn't usually discussed. During an existing overall uptrend, bottom candlesticks will be massively strong. They are in line with the trend, so they are much stronger than top reversal candlesticks. So look out for that. They can fine-tune your entry into an existing uptrend. And in an existing downtrend, so let's say on a weekly chart, you've got share prices below the 30-week moving average. Let's use that as a definition for a downtrend. What you'll find is top reversal candlesticks are very, very strong. And bottom reversal candlesticks, they often fail. They're quite weak. So if you're going to trade into an existing downtrend, you can use a top reversal candle to guide your entry into a short position or a written call. And that is such a winning strategy. can't tell you how much money I've made out of that. It has been absolutely exceptional. So in terms of one of the secrets that I don't believe I've ever mentioned before on a podcast, and I certainly find that I hoard that one, I have opened the vault for you there, Cam. Nice. I can I can picture it in my head. Guys, you're probably going to need to do a little bit of uh, chart time to to piece it all together, but I'm sure that it'll be worthwhile looking at. Now, um, Louise, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you? Definitely go to my website, tradinggame.com.au. You can register there. I'll give you a free five-part e-course, and it's called Trading Made Simple. But you'll also get my trading plan template. Now, that trading plan template is fantastic because it gives you exactly what you need to put into your trading plan. I think there's a lot of confusion about trading plans. People feel very wary, and because of that concern, they don't write down their trading plan, and that is a huge mistake. So I'm giving you that resource for free because I feel so strongly about it. And in fact, checklists are so important that is a checklist to help get the most out of your head and onto paper one of the pieces of research that i think is fascinating is that they looked at surgeons and they looked to see which ones followed a checklist and which ones didn't and they tracked their patient recovery 
the ones that followed a checklist compared to the ones that didn't had an 8% less mortality rate. Now, that's life and death. That is huge. And because trading, it's not life and death. Hey, a lot of us do it with our pocket money. We don't think it's as important to write down our information about our trading plan. And that's where the rot sets in. We don't give it the priority it deserves. We don't give it the emphasis that it deserves. And we take those shortcuts. So I would really encourage everybody listening to get that trading plan template from tradinggame.com.au. And also, if you like podcasts, come on to my podcast. Subscribe to talkingtrading.com.au. Yeah, guys, look, there's a, I checked it out before the show and there's over 200 episodes there. So if you want to dive in and learn more from Louise and uh, and the guys over there, then by all means, check it out and we'll put a link up in the show notes. So a big thanks, Louise, for coming on the show and sharing with us today. Thanks, Ken. Actually, I've just got one thing to mention also. I adore what you're doing here. Our values are aligned. And the reason why I got in touch with you is members of my graduate program from the mentor program that I've been running for the last 19 years, actually, (laughs) Repeat for Free Course, so we've got a beautiful community. They were so excited about your podcast. As soon as one of our beautiful mentorees wrote a message to say everybody needs to be on this podcast, you should have seen the groundswell of support that you've got. So you're here, you're talking into your microphone, you're pouring out your heart, you're making networking connections. You may never know the magic that you are spreading into the trading community camp. I can tell you, you've got a bucket load of people here hanging off your every word and I'm so excited for you. I'm very humbled to be on your show. Well, look, thanks for letting me know because, I mean, I don't see any of that here. It's all virtual. It's all, like, I don't, I don't get to hear that stuff. So that's absolutely fantastic. And thanks for listening, guys. Um, I, I'm glad you enjoy the podcast and I enjoy producing it. And, um, yeah, look, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Hey, look, so, guys, if you do want to check out the show notes or get the quotes up there, on the on the website we'll get some um images as well so if you want to share those on social media go for it so they're all going to be up there on tradingnut.com just search for louise in the search box and you'll find them there so until next time i wish all my listeners trading happiness and success all right guys hope you enjoyed that episode with louise now if you do want to hear more from her head over to her trading podcast check it out it's just more education for free that you can get as well. And talking about free education, actually, I've got up on the YouTube channel, the Trading Nut YouTube channel, and we'll get a link in the show notes. I've got the f- a full, I think it goes for over an hour, uh, mentoring session that with our student, our aspiring trader, Aaron Oting. Uh, we've got the full mentoring session there up. Uh, it's incredible. I've, the feedback I've had in the comments is unreal. Like people are just falling over themselves with this. So guys, go and check it out on the Trading Nut YouTube channel. And remember, if you do want to take part, if you sorry, not take part, if you do want to learn how to build trading robots, then hit me up and I'll get you in the at an early bird. Uh, I suppose the early bird access to the new robot building course. Okay, guys. All right. See you next week.